This is the Brick and Mortar Reborn Podcast. This podcast is designed to help you give a pulse on the fast-changing world of brick and mortar. As the world reopens and operators race to meet the rising expectations and demands of experience-driven post-COVID consumers, it's more important than ever to stay ahead of the curve and understand the trends and technologies that will shape the future. In each episode, I'll interview successful operators, subject matter experts, and leading thought leaders who will share their insights to help you prepare yourself and your organization for what lies ahead. I'm your host, Bobby Mahomet, CEO of Radiant. Now let's get into today's show. Everyone, welcome to another edition of Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Tommy Unolis, who is the founder of Ops Analytica. Did I say that correctly? You did. You got everything correct. Good for you. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> welcome to the show, Tommy. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the time, Bobby. Uh, likewise, likewise. Before we get started, uh, give us a little bit about Tommy. What are you all about? Oh, I am all about checklists. That's all I do. <laughs> uh so I am a co-founder of Ops Analytica, and um, you know we've been in business for seven years now, and we are a checklist and analytics platform. We call it operations management, but uh, that's that's my day job. Uh, my like uh, what what other other stuff about me? I got kids, I got a wife, I got a mortgage, so I need this to go well. And uh, I did some stand-up comedy for about ten years. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. What brought you to uh, starting this company? You know, uh, I was working at Quiznos. I don't know if if your viewers are uh, familiar with Quiznos. In the respect of Quiznos is one of the biggest franchisee implosions ever. And uh, I worked there right at the height of their success and into sort of the start of the implosion. Like if it was like, uh, if it was like a Roadrunner cartoon, it was like when the coyote like pushed the hammer down and you saw a little spark going across the cable. That's I got there right as that spark left the hand, like the plunger. And uh, and so I was working there and my bosses came to me right after a big downsizing and they said, hey, we need to start reporting on how the restaurants are doing. We need, we need to know, we have no idea what's going on. And that led me to building out an audit platform. Um, having just been an ops guy and not really a developer at that point. And then about a year later, a buddy of mine had an opportunity. He had gotten recruited by Symantec and he's like, Hey, you want this job? You liked developing that stuff at Quiznos. You can learn how to develop over here. And I took that job and ended up buying that company with my business partners and then, you know, it just all kind of led to here. So then in 2015, we kind of got tired of doing the consulting thing, large enterprise consulting, and we wanted to just build one platform and just make it great versus building new software every three to six months. And that was the birth of Ops Analytica, sort of uh, wanting to do a SaaS product, knowing what we had done at, at uh, Quiznos and thinking this could be something that would be, you know, powerful for multi-unit operators. Makes sense. Makes sense. And who's who's a typical type customer nowadays? You know, we uh, I would say primarily restaurants. So far, we chose restaurants at the beginning because I spoke restaurant. I ran the audit program at Quiznos, and then also everybody on the team had worked at a restaurant too. Just ironically, one our head of development ran the McDonald's drive-through in his town, and my business partner was waiting tables and bartended. And so we just spoke restaurant, but the platform is vertical agnostic. 
And it could be in any vertical, but when you're bootstrapping and you're starting a brand from scratch, you can't try to be everything, right? You got to pick one thing and go. And now uh, we're seven years in and we have the luxury that we're branching out into retail. Uh, we were talking to Restoration Hardware uh, late last year and early this year. And uh, we have now uh, automotive and we're moving into medical and we're branching out uh in the food service management space as well too so you know we're we're just we want to help multi-location operators that's who we care about so yeah. and what are some benefits tell me that they get uh, by using your um they get the big benefit they get is visibility and accountability right that they can now see exactly what's happening not from a sales perspective not from an inventory perspective those 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 uh, issues have been handled, right? What they see is what is my hourly employee? What is my manager doing? Are they doing the things that they are supposed to do as human beings, as employees, so that we can maximize our sales opportunity every single shift, right? Um, And so we're guiding their teams through all those daily tasks you know, all the little things, you know, if you're in retail, are the dressing rooms clean? Are the shelves stocked? Did we fold everything nicely? Are the, you know, all the things that a retail operator is going to go, Hey, these are important for establishing my brand, for taking care of my customers, for my speed of service, you know, uh, for my, um, for their, my customer satisfaction, all the little things. Are my employees doing those things that we've identified are really important to our customers and also, are they stocked and ready to go so that when it's time to sell, when the door is open, that people can get in and out of there the way they want to get in and out of there, right? So it's really managing that human, those human tasks. And then obviously measuring those. Now you have POS level data on human activity, which has been almost impossible to track from the beginning of time. Makes sense. Makes sense. What have you, as you've been kind of working with different customers, what, what shifts have you seen uh, in operations over the past few years? You know, when we got started, like all entrepreneurs, I was like, wow, man, we're going to have to fight off the sales. I just hope we're, 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 we have enough staff really to handle all the sales, right? And what we realized was that when we started in 2015, mobile was brand new. But even more importantly was like nobody cared Everybody was most concerned about how do I get an app? How do I get a website? How do I eventually, especially in the hospitality space, but this has transformed into retail as well. How do I have delivery? How do I get this all to talk to my POS system so that I'm not the only guy on the street who you can't go online and order from your phone and get my product, right? And so like, that's where everybody's focus was, I think, 2015 to 2019. Like I just watched it like so many times we'd be talking to people on the phone and they'd be like, Hey man, this is great. We totally need to do this, but we're rolling out a new website. We're rolling out a new POS. We're rolling out uh, you know, a new app right now. So this is not as important as that stuff. And then in 2019, everyone kind of got that work done, you know, and it probably started obviously before we came into business, but you know, people had been working on that for a long time to get that right. Um, and so now I think around 2019, we started to see a shift of people going, okay, wait a second. We started focusing on other things because they had already handled those, uh, sales channel issues, if you will. And so people started focusing more on operations and a lot of it 
too, was just, hey, if we're going to do this, we might as well be able to see the data. I mean, for a lot of people, that's just it. Like, if we're going to make people fill this stuff out, we should, you know, probably see what they're doing, potentially. Like, that's kind of where it starts. And then it just kind of evolves from there. And what is what is some of the data that you see and, and help, uh, you know, these operators manage to? Oh, a lot of it is compliance stuff, right? Um, so, like, so it kind of gets broken down. It's interesting. So, like, on our biggest customers, who are also our most um, advanced customers, right? Like, they use the platform more than everybody else. And these are big, you know, 700 to 2,000 unit uh, operators. They start off with the basics, right? And especially in restaurants, too. It's, it's usually around food safety and, and sort of what we would call shift readiness, right? Um, is everything where it's supposed to be? Is everything clean? Is everything stocked? And is everything safe, right? Which that's more, the safe part's more on the restaurant side. Um, there are obviously safety concerns like an automotive, like an oil chain shops, but then retail safety is more about like, I think criminal activity, right? Are we like, is the door front door locked so that the guy's counting the cash, you know, he's not going to get robbed, that type of thing. But so they start off with the basics, three or four checklists. One of our, our uh, more advanced clients, they came to us uh, and they were telling us, you know, we came in here with the idea that we were going to do three or four checklists, right? That's it. That's all we were going to do. We didn't see the value of the platform other than let's just get these basic things done and start reporting on it. These guys now have over 120 checklists in the platform, 96 of them they built themselves and they utilize it to manage every aspect of their field operation. Because, you know, right now, if I'm, I don't know, Eddie Bauer, right, as an example, if I'm Eddie Bauer or, you know, I've got uh, however many locations they've got, if I got all these locations right now, if I need them to like do something for an LTO, right? Like we're going to have a limited time offering. We're running a sale. We're pushing out a ton of email marketing, trying to drive traffic into the store. You know, if they don't have a system like ours, they're managing that through email and like a Google sheet. And it's like, it's this miserable process of, you know, following up manually by email and doing all of these different things and trying to manage all these Excel lists and trying to back into who hasn't done what, right? But then they just start using us to do make all that sort of above store management and daily uh, and just information gathering can just all go through our platform. And we have some really cool features that'll make that really easy to do, you know? And so it just becomes the thing that you use to manage the field, to collect information and, um, and ensure that your teams are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what, what challenges, um, are you seeing these operators really face that, you know, they come to you for a reason, they come, they, they come to your platform for a reason. What are some of the, the challenges that you see them having before they come and work with your, with your company? I think that like, I, I have a blog on this, but it's like the dirty little secret, right. Of the world of multi-unit operations management is that we build stuff. We, you know, the guys at corporate, get it. Like they're out there and they're going, okay, how, like we, we see the customer status, they see the big picture, right? I guess the best way to put, it. they see the whole big picture and they go, okay, we're here. We know for a fact, all our customer satisfaction data tells us that when the dressing rooms are dirty, for instance, just staying with retail, that, uh, that people are less likely to buy and they're less likely to come back because they don't feel like the store is being maintained. Like that might be a, a point of contention for people. So they see that. And so they go, okay, here's the problem. We got it. We got to make sure that people are checking the, uh, uh, the 
the dressing rooms. We got to make sure they're doing it five times a day. We got to make sure all these things are happening. And then what ends up happening is they come up with a program. They come up with the training. They build all the materials. They run everybody through the chain, right, through all this testing and, and training. And they spend all this money and time getting everybody on board with the whole notion that we got to check these dressing rooms. And then they launch it. And what ends up happening is it doesn't change the behavior. People pass the training. They knew what to do. But there's no accountability mechanism, right? And and that's what that that the traditional model of multi-location management has always been is train, 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 um, because that's the only thing they could control. They never had the ability to hold anyone accountable in real time to see what they were doing. And without that accountability mechanism, your employees are going to go, okay, like you held them accountable to doing the training and passing the test, but you're not able to hold them accountable to actually changing their behavior. So they just don't change their behavior. And, and it's just a conundrum, right? That these guys, I call it like, um, it's, yeah, it's a conundrum. Like they're just stuck in this cycle that they can't get out of because they don't have the ability. The accountability is the big missing piece, right? And the accountability is the data on what's actually happening. And so that's what they're really trying to solve for. And they don't know it. They can't put their finger on it. You know, they just get, they get in this loop and they're just like, Stuff's not happening the way it's supposed to. I'm not seeing the return on all these initiatives, right? We're not able to solve our own problems effectively. And it's just, it shows up differently for every business based on, you know, their culture, their complexity of their platform, the complexity of their product, how well they train, all these other factors. But it's always kind of the same thing. We're just not operating as well as we could be, you know, and that's what they're really trying to solve for. Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. It makes sense. Um, are you, as you're, as you're working with kind of these larger entities, um, is there, is there, uh, is there something that comes to light that you, you figure out that you can kind of roll across the board to be able to make operations better right off the cuff? Or, or do you have to work with each organization, get to know their business, get to know their data before, before you actually recommend anything from a software point of view? You know, our platforms, like in, uh, I would say, it's similar to Excel in that it is, you know, Excel can be the the financial reporting for a Fortune, you know, 10 company, and it can also be your grocery list. And we're kind of the same way. We work with the clients to put their checklist, their processes into our platform so that they're collecting. So it's not like we give them checklists. They give us their checklist and we implement them like a, like into the system. And so it, it's always customized to each client. But literally what's cool about it is that on day one, you can start seeing what's actually happening in your business. What's, what people don't seem to, what people don't know about, or like they, like as consumers and also if you're in business, is that people don't really have any visibility into what's actually happening in their business. If they're a multi-location manager, they can only be, their teams can only be in one store at a time, right? And so they don't know. And so on day one of just putting our system on, you can see the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? You you get an accurate picture of what's happening. And I like to say there's no such thing as bad data. It's just data. And you know, it's it's if you're seeing that people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, that's great. Because now you can actually pinpoint the problem and go and attack it. You know? explain the why, hold people accountable, tie their compensation to things. You know what I mean? There's all these levers you can pull 
once you can see what the issue is. The problem is, is that most of these guys that are operating these big multi-location businesses that don't have a platform similar to ours, they're in this black hole of data. They're backing into what's happening operationally um, by looking at a bunch of lagging indicators like sales, labor, profits, customer satisfaction. All those things happen kind of after service is delivered. Um, And then they're trying to like kind of figure out you know, what lever can I pull, you know? Yeah. How, how can I make it better? Makes sense. Makes sense. Are you, uh, as you're, as you're helping really, again, these operators, uh, you know, get better at what they're doing. Are you recommending, um, how, how, what's their view of technology in, in all of this? Like, are they coming to you with open arms thinking that, you know, I'm going to provide, you know, this, this template and this data and you're going to help me from a platform standard view standard, uh, help, help them accelerate their business or how are they, how are they weighing in technology and technology helping them? You know, I think that's a good question. I think what's happening is this, is that tablets are now ubiquitous, which that wasn't the case in 2015, just FYI. You know, I mean, like we've gone so far, so fast. It's hard to believe that the iPhone's like not even 20 years old yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it yeah. feels like it's been here forever. Um, and I just use the iPhone as an example of all smartphones, but you know what I mean? Like this stuff's so new. Um, and I think what's happening is what I, what I think is what's happening is it's sort of twofold. And the way you have companies that have younger managers and younger teams, they don't want to make decisions based off of experience. They want to make decisions based off of data because they've been living in data their whole lives and yeah. data makes sense to them. And, and they're looking at this as, I've got this giant blind spot in my business. Let's get some data on this. Let's try to figure this out because ultimately making a data-driven decision is so much easier and less stressful than it is to make a gut decision from your hip, you know? I see the older, I see the sort of the older companies, right? Like maybe, you know, just older, older management, maybe not as uh, plugged into technology and stuff. They're looking at this from a, we might as well do this uh, position, right? They, they, I don't think those guys see the inherent value of data-driven decisions because they're older organizations, older teams, and they've, they've always operated by experience being the key, you know? And I'm not saying that that experience is bad and data is good or vice versa. Experience is helps you understand the data, but let's be honest, we all have preconceived notions and the data is the data, you know? So I think the older organizations a little bit, I would say less, I'll say less hip, right? And I'm about to turn 50. So I'm sort of a hypocrite in that, but like, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of coming into it like, well, everyone else is doing it. I guess we should do this too. And the younger, the younger sort of more tech forward are like, oh man, we, why would I ever make a decision without data? That's ridiculous, you know? Right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Tommy, as you're thinking about the industry in general, what's the future of the operations management you know, world, if you will, in the brick-and-mortar uh, industries? You know, here, here's what I think, is that operations management, like we call ourselves an operations management and analytics platform, and operations management is applying uh, – you know, systems to your daily operations, not your POS, not your inventory, but actual, how are my, how are my employees doing that, that operations management, right? This is the next gigantic technological battleground that you're going to be getting into. 
So, and, and it's, it's, it's already starting there. Are, you know, I would suggest our biggest competitor is paper and that that's slowly changing and that a lot of businesses are starting to adopt these platforms to some level of efficiency. Some people are just doing the basics and not looking at anything else. Other people are using it to transform their business. But just like online ordering and having an app and having a website and e-commerce and delivery was a transformational time for all brick and mortar businesses, operations management is going to be the next gigantic battleground, right? Because here's the deal. 99, I would say not 99. I like the Pareto principle. I, I, I fully believe that the Pareto principle is pretty darn accurate. 80% of the issues that piss off your customers, right, are in and of themselves, individually little, very little things. They're minor, right? They're not like, you don't often go into a store and then like the, the associate like gut punches you and then spits in your face and like breaks your credit card in half and kicks you out the door. That doesn't happen all the time. I'm not saying it never happens. I'm just saying it doesn't happen all the time. Most of the time you go in with like, in your mind, a perception of what a good experience is going to be. And then most of the time, if they miss something, the bathroom was dirty, the the windows weren't clean, they didn't have the size you wanted, uh, you know, the line was too long because they were understaffed, whatever it was, you couldn't find things. You know, there's a million little, there are just a million little things, right? And so, but they add up. And if they add, and so if you Go in, and most of them have already been identified by corporate management, and most of them are already uh, on a checklist somewhere that nobody's doing or someone forgot to do. And so what ends up happening is, is that we piss off customers on things that we should be controlling, that we know that we should be controlling, but we just forget to do. And so then people have a slightly less good experience, which means that they go to your competitor because it's not like it's 1940 anymore and there's like one grocery store in town and that's the only place you can get groceries. I can literally find 20 versions of everything I want either online or in my town all the time. And so we're basically we're basically having less customer satisfaction um, on things that we can absolutely control, right? And so the organizations uh, that use a, utilize a platform like Ops Analytica will be able to identify those issues quicker and then they will be able to crowdsource uh, what's actually happening faster because they can take pictures, they can get comments, they can figure out what's happening and they can make changes to systems like in a matter of hours versus days or weeks or months or quarters. Like if you're just auditing once a quarter and you're trying to back into what's actually happening through sales and customer satisfaction, you are behind the times. And it's those organizations that are going to be able to be looking at this data in real time, making changes, changing the process, which you can literally do hit return. It's now live to the whole organization. You are going to piss off less customers. And by pissing off less customers, you're going to grow your sales incrementally. And then all of a sudden, now we're talking brick and mortar, right? Now I have more money for my ad fund because my sales are going up over my competitors. I have more money when I go to buy locations to get end caps and better strip centers, right? I can do the marketing to get people in. I can do more BOGOs and coupon drops. I can do more everything. And what you're going to see is this very small at first, like a snowball rolling down a mountain. But the companies that get better at managing their daily ops are just going to slowly tick up 
right? And all of a sudden, you're going to look up one day and you're going to be like, how is this guy 25% bigger than I am? You know, and it's yep. because they're managing their customer experiences better by handling the things they've already identified are important to their customers better. And that's it. And and also, and that's just today. That's just with the existing technology today. The other thing you have to look at, right, is, okay, we're going to have sensors, right? People are going to start using IoT and sensors. People are going to start using robots. People are, you know, are already... Monitor, there's different companies that are monitoring customer satisfaction either through surveys or by looking at social media and um, you know all these different feeds. There's going to have to be something that coordinates all of this together or you're going to have all this siloed stuff going on and it's going to be very hard to manage, right? And so I think that's where I see the future of our platform going too is incorporating more of all these other little pieces that happen operationally so that you can have a robot working next to a human working next to, you know, um, getting a feed from Twitter that said your bathroom was dirty in real time and then creating a task for someone to go check the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like, it's just going to be like people just expect that the technology should all work together. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Makes so sense. I think that's that's kind of the future of ops management. And that's the, definitely the future of brick and mortar. We don't want brick and mortar to go away. You know, I want, there's certain things you want to go try on, you know, and yeah. you don't want to have to deal with going to the UPS store. You don't want to have to go deal with reboxing this whole thing up. You just want to go and experience stuff. You know, I want to hold this. I want to see what it feels like. And, um, or it's something that you can't, you can't do online. I can't get my car oil service online. I can't get my teeth cleaned online. You know what I mean? Like I need to go into places, but I'm going to, but the reality is, is that we're all a bunch of babies and me included. and. And if you make one misstep, that could, like, you know, which 20 years ago wouldn't have mattered today could end my relationship with you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. 100%. 100% agree. 100% agree. So, that was a wealth of information, Tommy. Before we let you go, uh, what advice would you give, uh, you know, operators looking to streamline operations? You know, obviously come to opsanalytica.com, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, that's, I mean, I can't think of anything else really. And the, and the question. Now, I think the key is this, is that you've, you know, there's a lot of things happening to our, to like multi-location management right now. We have the labor shortage. We've got this influx of technology. We've got supply chain issues. You know, we really have to rethink how we do our businesses, which I mean is always happening. So it's, that's nothing new, but we have to rethink uh, how we're doing this stuff. And I, I can tell you right now that if you're not performing where you want to be, or you might be the best business in the world, but you know, you could do better, or you might be a business where you're like, man, we, we, we're seemingly doing everything right, but we're just not moving the needle like we expected. I can tell you right now, uh, Getting access to this data about what your teams are doing and being able to hold them accountable to doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is something you've probably never been able to do. Those two things uh, can change your business. I mean, because your business is operations, right? Like that's what you do. You operate a business and if you do it well, you create sales. But if you don't do it well, you anger people and lose profits by comping them out and giving them extra coupons and discounts and stuff. So I just think like, be open to the idea that you can 
collect data on what your teams are doing and you can direct them better and you can hold them accountable better and you can make changes and you can identify issues and make changes in hours, not weeks or months. That's all available to you and it's not expensive. You know what I mean? In the scheme of things, it's, it's you know, a buck a day. So it's not like it's this crazy thing that you, it's out of your reach. It's not a, right. this gigantic thing. It's just, it's available and it can literally transform your business. I, if you can let me give you a quick anecdote real quick. I was, yeah. um, was talking to, um, uh, it was our contact. We interviewed the guy who brought us into Qdoba, who's what, uh, one of our bigger customers. And he, and then we were interviewing him because we just wanted to know like what was going on. And he gave us, he told us this, he goes, you keep us, you help us. You have, I would say you stop us from making multi-million dollar mistakes. And I was like, what? Explain this to me. This is amazing, right? And he was explaining how they were getting all this feedback that said that they they had an issue, or a cleanliness issue. And so, you know, their immediate solution to that issue was, okay, we're going to staff four extra hours a week uh, or four extra hours a day on uh, a team member. Should we, uh, a team member to clean the restaurant, just keep it clean. That's all they're going to do four hours a day. So. That there with the amount of stores that they have could have cost them five plus million dollars, right? That, I mean, that's literally what you're looking for. And that's just like me going 15 bucks an hour times four hours a day times this many stores. You know, that was that, that, that's the number I came up with. That's not including all of the costs of hiring, recruiting, Cobra when they leave, paperwork, all that other stuff. So that five million dollars probably very low. You know what I mean? But taxes, all that other stuff. So, but then, and that decision with no other data is not a bad decision, right? You're being told something's not clean, go hire someone to clean it. That's not a big deal. Like that makes complete sense. But then they were able to utilize our platform to dive deeper, to crowdsource information, to start getting photos, to start looking at stuff. And what they ended up doing, or they ended up realizing by digging deeper and utilizing the platform was their trash cans weren't big enough. And, and it was only in certain stores that their trash cans weren't big enough. And so they were able to, instead of hiring uh, an, another employee or increasing somebody's hours by four hours a day, they were able to go buy $20 bigger trash cans for some stores, right? And it was a multi, it could have been a multi-million dollar uh, decision or it was a very cheap decision, right, to fix that trash can solution. But what made that possible was being able to get the data. Yep. And and that's the power of the data. And that kind of stuff's happening all I mean these guys are solving so many of these little internal issues around compliance, especially government compliance, scheduling compliance, a huge issue uh, in a lot of states and cities. They can collect all this data ahead of the time and then they know if people made a mistake, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Makes a so, lot of sense. makes a lot of sense. And the bottom line is you got to care about your operations management. You got to care about yeah. really looking at your business and, and data and making sure that you react, you know, a- accurately and, and quickly, if you will. Absolutely. And I'm telling you guys, like, I, I'm predicting it right now. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But this is the battlefield. This is the next battlefield. You yeah. you already have all the internet stuff. Now it is, how do I keep my customer? It's always been this, but now it's going to even ramp itself up even more because if your competitor has a system like ours and is fixing problems faster than you are, 
then they are going to steal your business because they're just going to do a better job. That's it. And then you you won't see it. It's not going to show up immediately. It's just going to all of a sudden one day you're going to look up and go, what the heck's happening? Why are these guys blowing it out of the water? You know? Definitely. Tommy, that was a wealth of information. Thank you so much for for joining us today. I know how busy things can get. We appreciate your time here. And I know our listeners are going to love this. Oh, well, thank you guys so much. And uh, really, I I truly appreciate your time. This was was a real treat. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reborn Podcast, brought to you by Renia. For access to the latest episodes, please visit our website at brickandmortarreborn.com. 